Hey guys, welcome to the Chatter from the Cheap Seats podcast, where we talk about life, sports, and everything in between. I'm your host, Jack Bowman, alongside my co-hosts, Ori Achin and Sammy Krimstein. Uh, you guys can follow us on TikTok and Instagram at chatter underscore cheap seats pod. Uh, you guys can leave a five-star review and uh, just five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. That would be uh, very much appreciated. And yeah, uh, I've had kind of a crazy crazy weekend here or not weekend i guess just week uh what have you guys been doing i uh yeah well me too actually i'm starting you know uh social distance baseball practice uh started a few days ago so i've been doing that um your school team yeah so i'm doing it like it's not actually my school team but it's like through my school and uh you know with uh the varsity coach um Yeah, so and it's it's fun, you know, to see all the guys again, and uh, you know, just to you know get out playing again because you know I I've been doing it as much as I can, but you know it's just different when you're at practice, you know. For sure. Yeah. So uh, yeah, but that, that's been fun. I've had practice the past three days and next three days, so getting straight to work. And uh, yeah, how how about you guys? Uh, you guys doing good? Yeah. Um, I've been a very very busy man. Um, is he what what yeah okay so basically um i've been doing a lot so today me and my friend uh we went deep into the woods and we found kind of like this weird abandoned area and we're shoveling everything out and making it like a little hideout um to kind of hang in for the that's, summer that's interesting wow that's actually kind of like, that's kind of cool yeah because I, I i just ordered a um a flint and a knife off of Amazon. I want to. I want to learn how to make fire with a flint and steel. I think that's. Oh my god! Because of Survivor. No, I think it's just a useful tip to have. Because I go to camp in the summer, and they have a lot of survival stuff at camp, and they have um, uh, Olympics each year, and they have a survival survivor or not survivor survival <laughs> challenge. Uh, and I th- and being able to make fire with flint and steel is is like a, a bunch of points, and I think it'd just be kind of cool thing to learn. Now here's the question. Is Jack going to be on Survivor one day? Oh, I think that the, he has no chance. Really? No chance. No, no. Why is that? I have, a be- I have a better chance. I Jack, disagree I have a better that. chance than you. Why? I have a better chance. Why is that? Okay. Um, so listen, I hate to break it to you, but Survivor, right? They mm-hmm. not only care about how much you like the game, but mm-hmm. it's also about aesthetic appeal. And, and no, that's not true. It is because they they, they either cast oh. they either cast the super popular they either cast the super good looking guys or the nerdy guys, and I think I fit that criteria. No, no, no. You're not okay. Listen, you're like right in the middle. I uh, no, They're- no. I I consider <laughs> no. I think that that's not true. I, I got like I'm just Adam playing. Klein. I'm just I got like Adam Klein. He's, he's not he's not an awful looking guy. He's not extremely attractive. He, he's kind of like me. In a way, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I disagree I'm with that. that but, oh but anyway, uh, my mom. Um, I went to bed super late uh, two nights ago, so last night my mom made me go to bed early. And anyway, you know, you guys know when you're sitting in bed, you don't have your phone, you don't have your computer, and you're just thinking. And that's when I have my yeah. best thoughts, right? Yes, absolutely. So, so I, don't I know. thought um, last night, what would a barbecue be like if? Uh, it was full of MLB players. Oh and my so, goodness! So I was thinking, so Aaron Judge would be the guy that sits in the corner and then eats all the food, but then afterwards he feels like super guilty about eating all the food. Bryce Harper okay. would be the guy that talks the entire time, but, and, and people pretend to be really interested, but they're like they really don't care at all. Uh, Max Muncy, Muncy is the guy that he's he talks super loud, he eats his food super obnoxiously. Chapman is the guy. That you start hanging out with at the beginning of the night, and then you're like, "Whoa, I'm in way too deep. I don't like this guy. He freaks me out." And then you try to like get away from him. Uh, I think that would be that would be sort of the um, the MOB stereotypes for a barbecue. How like I'm just wondering like how do you like make your decisions? How, how do you make your stereotypes? Yeah. Uh, well, it was I just kind of like it came to you. 
It just no, kind of came to me. Jack <laughs> is gifted. With I, am, I, have a gift, I have a gift for uh, ridiculously not, um, what's the word? Um, Important, like, yeah, entertaining. Yeah, uh, ridiculously um, not. I think it's pretty entertaining, but <laughs> ridiculously not effective ways to do stuff or ideas or just like, just just stuff that is completely irrelevant to the conversation in in every way. But there were some big sports news that happened earlier today. Cam Newton to the Patriots, and wow, uh, I think that this makes the Patriots the, the easily the favorites to win the AFC East. Uh, the betting in Vegas, Vegas only gave them another half a game. They had them winning eight and a half games. Uh, I always wondered how that works. I don't know how you win eight and a half games. But, about, uh, uh, yeah, no, I know it's the over under. I was ma- I was making my sad attempt at a joke, Ori. But, oh, no, but you I, like I a sound effect. They, they bumped it up to nine games, which I think ten games would be right around where I put them with Cam if he's healthy. Uh, I don't mm. think he's going to be an MVP candidate like he used to. But people talk about how he's had a year off of football. You could also look at it in the way of he's had a year of resting his body, and I think that he could be a good quarterback. And I think that. I think that they're a better team than the Bills now, and they're the favorites to win the AFC East. Yeah, well, I mean, oh, uh, sorry, you want to go? Yeah, I, right. I'm just very, very passionate about this. I think that right. this this signing, okay, it's the biggest bargain of the offseason, no doubt. And if Cam Newton performs to an above average level, and, you know, if he does somehow go back to his MVP caliber self, this will be one of the greatest signings in the offseason of all time. And that, and that is and, a bit, that is quite a big if. Okay, but but let me let me, let me me back it up a no, little bit. No, I'm with you said, on this one. You don't have to convince me. Well, I'm going to convince the audience here. Um, I think that Cam Newton, he's, as Jack said, had a year to rest his body. He looks in peak physical condition. Some of his workout videos, I mean, they're monstrous. Seriously, look, he looks incredibly in shape. Um, his throwing videos look really good. And I want to go into a little bit of a deeper dive into his contract. Um, and I want to show you just how low risk this is and how smart of a move the Patriots made with signing Cam Newton. The base salary is only going to be $1 million. Um, the total that he can reach up to is 7.5, but that's his this is heavily based on incentives. Uh, therefore, if Cam Newton does not perform well, he's probably not going to make more than like $2 million. But if he performs extremely well, he will only make 7.5. And I think that's a great deal. Heavy, heavy incentives was the way to go with Cam. Um, Patriots made a great deal. And some teams that we thought Cam Newton could go to, like the Jaguars and the Browns. They also signed backup quarterbacks. Jaguars signed Mike Lennon for $1.2 million, which is a um, larger base salary than Cam Newton. Mike and Lennon getting paid more than Cam Newton. That's so sad. I mean, based on – but if the incentives do come in, Cam will make more. But, I mean, okay. Mike Lennon is definitely not anywhere near Cam Newton. <laughs> and, I mean, why, why not sign Cam Newton? If you're already going to get a backup quarterback, why not Cam Newton? He was on the market for so long. And the Browns, who Sammy really thought Cam was going to go to. I thought he was going to go unsigned. Maybe that, maybe that was Jack. I, I thought he was going to go unsigned. Oh, really? oh then, then I know. I was the guy. Oh, oh it was actually um, uh, Mikhail who came on as a guest. Oh, yeah. Uh, he thought that uh, Cam Newton was going to go to the Browns. And the Browns signed Case Keenum, who's not only older than Cam Newton, they gave him a three-year deal of two point five million annually. So oh, yeah, I had I had him going to the Patriots. Going to the Patriots, yeah. I uh, Jack is psychic. I also thought was probably going to happen, um, but I mean, those two teams were you know teams that a lot of people thought were going to sign Cam, and they went in different directions. And I think that not only did they, um, you know, end up spending more money on you know much like less talented quarterbacks. You know, they, they just didn't make the best move that was available. Sammy, uh, kind of fill me in on what you, like, what's your opinion on this thing? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to agree with you guys that this was an absolute bargain. Before I said that uh, Cam was going to go unsigned just because of the fact that I thought he would be demanding a ton of money. And as it turned out, um, you know, a lot of his contract is going to be incentive-based. And it's not even that much when the incentives kick in. So, bargain, yes. Now, I, I honestly think the Patriots could have won that division without him. 
um, because that team is so talented. That defense is going to be just as good um, as they were last year. Um, and Belichick, like Jack always says, you cannot bet against him. But um, now that they bring in Cam Newton, I, you know, I like him. Um, he's not going to be an elite guy, but he's super athletic. He creates plays. I love that about him. And like Ori said, uh, he's really looking in peak physical shape. 31 is around that age for QBs uh, where they're entering their prime. Um, but, you know, he, he has his issues, you know, a lot on the mental side of the ball, which is, you know, how it is for a lot of quarterbacks. Hangs on to the ball a little too long, not too good under pressure. Sometimes his decision-making isn't good. And because of that, I don't think Patriots fans can expect uh, Cam Newton to be Tom Brady because he's not. I mean, that's, irre- that's an irreplaceable loss. Um, but with Cam Newton, I mean, it's going to be solid production, and I think just enough – uh, to give that team um, a really, really good chance to win that division. I really like Cam Newton, a bargain deal. Um, and I think the Patriots are looking really good for next year. Yeah, and I, just to touch again on Cam Newton's effect, um, you know, we all know that a flaw of the Patriots is that they don't have a lot of offensive weapons. Uh, obviously, they have a good backfield, but when it comes to the receiving core, other than Julian Edelman, you don't have too many offensive weapons through the air and um cam newton is an offensive weapon not only through the air but he can run and he is like a bulldozer he can run over guys he has speed and i think that that's really going to help the patriots get um you know be a little bit more dynamic on the offensive side and the offensive Mm -hmm. coordinator josh mcdaniels had a lot of success with colin kaepernick um with the 49ers yeah. and I think that he's going to bring some of those uh, fundamentals of uh, you know the 49ers offense which worked um, into this new Patriots offense I'm just gushing over this I think that it was a great signing a uh, great move by the Patriots yet another move showing why they're such a good franchise yeah I'm you know I'm just uh, you talked about you know Cam Newton and his rushing ability which obviously was you know he was one of the best at it for a long time but past few years you know, he has not been uh, carrying the ball as much. And yet when you look at, you know, comparing him to a guy like Tom Brady, I mean, yeah, he carries it a ton more than Brady, but you know, I don't think you can expect him that to be a huge part of his game because I don't think it really is anymore. I mean, he's an aging quarterback. I I mean, I just, he wants to have a long, I think if he wants, I mean, Carolina, Carolina, they have been decreasing, uh, you know, he has not been getting as many carries or I don't know if that's exactly the best way to phrase it, but I mean, the bottom line is I don't think that's going to be a huge part of this game. I think um, really, I think what's going to, it's, it's going to come down to is that he's very good uh, in short and medium range, which is kind of where Tom Brady was. And I think they could almost run a similar offense and add maybe a little bit more to, uh, on the rushing game with Newton because I mean, it's still a you know a threat, just not as much as people are saying it's going to be. I I highly disagree. I think he's only I mean he's thirty two, which isn't that old. Yeah, thirty one. He's not that old, and also he's had a full year of rest on his body. I think but, that. I mean, I, mean, I coming off an injury, I don't know if he wants to do that to himself. I mean, because that's why he's kind of been injured. Well, well, I mean, he's not going to change his entire style, but he already has been. But but not and it's already really. happened. Past I mean, not years. really. It, but it has. I mean, he still rushed. It's still a key aspect of his game. And I think Bo Belichick is a guy who he's gonna um he's gonna he's gonna utilize that. And I think it might not be as big of a game as it was, but it's still gonna be. Uh, it's still gonna keep defenses on on their toes, and it's still gonna yes. affect the game a lot. Well, I think yeah, I, I think, think it's a huge deal. I think the signing is a huge deal. I think that if he becomes even half of what he was, if he's even an above average quarterback, I think that um game that uh Belichick can give him a good scheme and I think the Patriots are gonna be one of the best teams in the NFL. But we had some big news in basketball the other day, which was J.R. Smith is finalizing a deal with the Los Angeles Lakers. And for me, I mean obviously it adds a, a spot up shooter that a guy, he has good chemistry with LeBron, so it's kind of like a no-lose situation with the Lakers. But he's also been there, done that kind of 
veteran guy that can be a leader in the locker room. Uh, I think he's a pretty likable guy. Uh, he can kind of teach the rookies a little bit, and I think that it never hurts to add a shooter. Yeah, I like the signing. I mean, the Lakers, um, a pretty deep team as it is. I mean, they're first in the Western Conference for a reason, but I, I you know, I think it's a nice signing, uh, a kind of shooting guard, small forward sort of guy to kind of um, go behind LeBron and I like the signing. I think it's important to add kind of a spot-up shooter like they did. And the experience is what matters for J.R. Smith because Jack's right. I mean, he has uh, seen it all. Uh, I, I, I th- really, The main thing is the Lakers uh, better hope that he does not do what he did in game one of the NBA Finals a few years ago. That would, yeah. uh, that would not be good. Hopefully his, uh, his experience in that uh, horrible uh, end game. Mishap. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't even know what you can call it. That's just like the ultimate brain part. Just like not understanding the situation, and I th- I think um Le- like LeBron's reaction to Jr. like not being not putting it up or shooting of course, or of whatever it was. Jr. Smith that that is the one that made that mistake. Yeah, I mean, look, Jr. Smith. He's not going to be an incredible player, but he's going to be needed depth. He is a veteran. Um. I think it's just a good signing. You know, it's not like they spent a lot of money. It's not like it was a crazy good player. I think this is just kind of something under the radar that the Lakers are doing just to shore up loose ends. Um, they're already in first place in uh, the uh, Western Conference. Um, you know, they're in a position to make a deep playoff run and potentially win the finals. And I think that this just uh, boosts them, maybe not majorly, but it does give them a boost. Yeah, so uh, we're kind of going to keep this a little short because we're going to throw you guys over to an interview we did with Sammy's friend, Henry. So you guys can uh, listen to that, and yeah, we'll put him on right now. All right, so um, now we're going to be joined by um, a special guest, a really good friend of mine. I've known him since I was like really like in second grade. Uh, he moved to Missouri, though, Um after a few years, but uh, yeah, we're still really close friends, and uh, he has his own uh, sports podcast just like us called the H Squared Podcast. I would definitely uh, recommend you guys check that out, and uh, yeah, so uh, how's it going, Henry? Henry Joyner. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, Very excited to be here. Uh, First time being interviewed on another podcast, so uh, I'm really excited. Ready to talk sports with you guys. Yeah, so uh, you know, before uh, we get into... uh, some sports talk um, with you. Uh, so just introduce yourself. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, who you are. Uh, well, uh, I started this podcast with my friend, as Sammy stated. It's the H Squared Podcast. We've been doing that for the past few weeks since uh, summer started. And uh, it's on YouTube. So uh, just search up H Squared Podcast. Subscribe, hopefully. So, uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I met Sammy when I was uh, – a lot younger. I think it was like, I think it was second grade. Yeah. If not, yeah. It's it something grade. like that. But yeah. yeah. But yeah, uh, I met Sammy when I was a lot younger. Uh, I moved from uh, Atlanta, Georgia, moved up to Maryland, met Sammy, really close friends. And we still are. So that's really good. Uh, now I live in Missouri, uh, hopefully riding a YouTube dream per se. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. Uh, yeah. That's where I am right now. Awesome. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, Henry is, uh, you know, he, uh, grew up in Atlanta, you know, before we moved to Maryland. And uh, so he's like a huge, like Atlanta sports fan. So uh, we thought it would be huge. Like you guys don't even know. <laughs> um, so we thought it would be good to do um, our NL East predictions with him since he's a Braves fan and we could get maybe some extra insight. So um, so if you guys listen, uh, tuned in last podcast, we did the AL East. And we're going to kind of do it the same way. We're just going to be uh, starting with fifth place and uh, going to move up. Um, all the way to first. So, uh, who wants to start us off with uh, our fifth place prediction for the NL East? Uh, well, we before we get into this, we have some breaking news here. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie and DeAndre Jordan have tested positive for COVID nineteen. Oh wow, so that's Live a on- really yeah. big bro blow to the Nets here. Oh yeah, wow. definitely. Wait, so, who say that again? Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie and DeAndre Jordan. Dinwiddie's like, wow. like their six men. He's been really good for them. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. solid. Oh my, wow. Did you like just see this, Jack? Yeah, I'm just scrolling through Twitter and I saw it. But anyway, 
Uh, let's get wow, into the topics here. So, Ori, you want to start us off? Yeah, yeah, All right. So, we did AL East last episode. So, now we're doing the NL East. And I think we already probably have a consensus bottom five here, uh, just like we did for the AL East. And I think that this is going to be the worst team in the MLB. I'm talking about the Miami Marlins. I have them winning 15 games, going 15 and 45 uh, what about you, Jack? Uh, I think 15 is a little little strong. I have them winning 13 games. I think, um, or you're usually uh, give a team a couple of, couple of wins. You gave the Orioles 22 wins when we did um, the AL East preview on our last pod, which I think was astronomically high. They are a good team. I don't know what you guys are talking about. You guys are sleeping on the Definitely boat. in contention for the playoffs. No, that look, I'm not going that far, but I will say that they have some pop. Uh, they're going to surprise you. I, they're going to get 22, but yeah, I went 15. Yeah, I have them I have them at 13. They have one bright spot, uh Jonathan Villar, their second baseman. Uh he he was uh almost an 800 um OPS player. He's he's a very good player, but that's that's really the only bright spot on their team other than their farm system. Yeah, I'm uh, as a shocker going to agree with you too. Um, yeah, I mean, VR, I like VR, you know, he's, you know, I guess going to be their star player. I don't know. Uh, I think their star player, if I butt in, uh, I think it's yeah. Trey Mancini. Trey Mancini has been a standout player for them. Oh, uh, we're talking about the Marlins. Although I know, but like if we're giving, if we're giving in a little bit of the, uh, Oh yeah, oh, yeah. the Orioles last year, but uh, oh yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I, I'm thinking 2019 guys. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, it, I agree. It's I tough. Do, yeah, but I do agree though. The Marlins, yeah, I don't, I don't, they have a lot of bright spots. Brian Anderson, they got a lot of good young yeah. talent in that farm system. Yeah, and yeah. like you know, in a few years, I think you know we'll be talking about the Marlins as like maybe a 500 ish team again. I mean, they have a nice farm system. You know, through a lot of those mega deals they did a few years ago. Um. And yeah, I, Anderson, I really like. Um, I, I think he's going to be uh, a bright young star in a few years. But as of now, you know, VR, they brought him in to kind of be like, I don't even know. I mean, someone on that team because there aren't too many bright spots. Uh, I have them winning. Oh, let's see. <laughs> I have them winning 11 games. I, that might be a little low, but like, it, you know, it's tough, comp- it's tough competition. You, uh, the NL East, you know, really competitive division. And then you have to go and play the AL East, which uh, you have the Yankees, Rays, and Red Sox. So it's going to be tough sledding for the Marlins. Uh, but a few years, I think we'll be talking about them as a good team again. Uh, you have them in fifth place too, Henry? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, you guys basically summed them up. They have lots of good farm system talent. Uh, I agree. I, I do think they're... Like their win amount of wins is like in the tens, like yeah. I, I, w- I would give them maybe eleven, like you said, maybe yeah. ten or eleven. They're not going to win that, that much, especially with AL East teams getting into the picture with the schedule and stuff like that. Ooh, right? Yeah, it's going to be rough. Yeah, I mean th- their schedule is going to be rough just because. Oh yeah. You know, I mean they have to play. Obviously, in their division, they play ten games each, and that's a very competitive mm-hmm. division. Yeah. And then they also have mm-hmm. to play the AL East, which has the Yankees, the Rays. Um, and the Red Sox and the Blue Jays, and then obviously the oh, yeah. Orioles. But, you know, yeah. both mm-hmm. of those divisions are pretty competitive with um, mm-hmm. pretty good teams all around. So it's going to be tough sliding for the Marlins in uh, 2020. Sammy, who do you have for your fourth spot? Well, yeah, I mean, from here on out, like, you know, fifth place, you know, we all have the cons- consensus with the uh, Marlins. But from here on out, it's really tricky. Like, I had a tough time with these four teams because I, I think any of them could uh, – you know, could win this division um, in a 60-game stretch. I don't think any of them is out of the question. And, you know, uh, it was really tough for me. I had the Mets in fourth place, and, you know, it was tough for me. I mean, I, they're, I have them winning 32 games, which for a fourth-place team in a 60-game season is pretty good, over 500. And, you know, I don't know. It, um, the rotation... I think improved, you get Stroman, but you don't have Syndergaard. And I think you go from a top-tier rotation uh, with Syndergaard to, you know, a good to uh, above-average rotation. And that's kind of around where they were last year. And, you know, they were a third-place team last year. And, what you know, they really 
uh, I think last year's record is a little better than uh, they actually are because they just got super hot in that second half. And you could say that maybe that second half is where the um, excuse me, where the uh, Mets really stand. But I just don't know. Um, another thing, I just don't think their offense has enough pop. Of course, you have Alonzo, who is awesome, fun to watch. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just tough for me with the Mets. Um, you know, they have a few other guys uh, who are going to provide some pop to that lineup. But when you look at the other teams in that division, I think the other teams have, uh, have it uh, – more well put together than uh, the Mets do. What do you guys uh, think for fourth? Yeah, um, Sammy, I'm going to have to disagree with you on the um, the fact that the Mets lineup doesn't have enough pop. I think that they definitely got, obviously, Pete Alonzo, but then you also got guys like like J.D. Davis. And um, they, I McNeil. think that they definitely, yeah. They, McNeil, they, I forgot about lineup, McNeil for some reason. Yeah, Jeff McNeil, I love McNeil. I mean, yeah. Jeff McNeil was a legitimate candidate for the NL batting title last year. People forget how good he was. He hit 321 last year. Oh, and- yeah. I mean, McNeil is, uh, I really like him. But I mean, I, I, I'm just saying, uh, I have him in fourth place because I think the Phillies have I mean, I think better offensive fair. talent that's than the Mets. And I think the Nationals, that rotation is. Yeah, the Nationals rotation. Itself. You know, and I, I yeah. just think the Mets, um, if they have Syndergaard, I think they're a third or second place team, but without him, you know, I mean, they, and it's, I have, it's really close. I mean, for me, I only have them two games behind third place. So it's not like a landslide here. It's just, they're, a, you know, a step away from, uh, being where they need to be. How many, how many games did you have the Mets winning? You said- oh, I had the Mets winning 32 games. 32 games. Yeah. I have, um. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty fair. I have I actually was debating this for a while between the Mets and the Phillies for my fourth uh, place spot, and I'm going to put the Phillies in my fourth place spot. But it's it's by one game. I have the Phillies winning 33 games, and then I'm going to give the Mets 34, wow. which I think is high. But I think that the Mets are sort of a boomer bust team. I think they're either going to be really bad or really good. I don't think there's going to be that much of an in between. And I think that the thing with the Phillies is you got Aaron Nola, who's obviously a stud. He had a 3.87 ERA last year, which is a little bit on the higher side, but still over 200 innings, 229 strikeouts. Yeah, he's a good pitcher. But other than that, yeah. I mean, you got Zach Wheeler. Zach Wheeler, who I like. Who's, who's, he's, he's a, a good pitcher. pitcher. But, I mean, Jake Arrieta at number three, he's a show of himself. Sorry, Sammy. Uh, well, I... I- I mean, at this point, he's like an average pitcher, which I, I, I think average to below average. He's definitely. Yeah. A I, I agree with Jack. So. Yeah, and I think that their offense. You got you got a new manager, which I think is going to be super tough in the season. I don't mm. think it's going to make that much of a difference yeah. in the, in the in the big picture. But I think that it is, it Girardi, is gonna. Though. It is Girardi, uh. but still, I mean, he's he doesn't have a rapport with the players, and going into this crazy season, I think that's going to be. I, at least a small deal. I, I mean, if it impacts it at all, I think that you got uh, they signed DD Gregorius in the offseason. I think he's a big question mark. Uh, when he was healthy with the Yankees before he had Tommy John, I mean, he's very clutch, great leader in the clubhouse, great guy. I mean, I'm a Yankees fan, so I've been watching him forever. Phil Jeter's um, shoes very well. He's a great player, but when he came back, he came back very early from Tommy John, and he just wasn't the same. And I don't know what to expect from him. I think that he could be good, and I wouldn't be surprised. But I also wouldn't be surprised if they um if he's not good. I think Bryce Harper is a player who's historically hasn't been able to stay healthy that much in his career. He's had a couple of major injuries, and I think that if you're out for two to three weeks in this season, that's a huge deal. That's like being out for like two to three months in like in a 162 game season. And I just think that the Phillies are going to be pretty underwhelming this season. I think they're definitely not going to live up to the hype. Yeah, I think that, you know, I'll, I'll agree with you on that. Um, I actually have them uh, a little bit lower than you and Sammy. I don't even have them being 500. I have them winning 29 games. Uh, I just think that, you know, the rotation, it's, you know, I, I don't love it. I don't love the Phillies rotation. And, 
you know, yeah, they have some good bats, but, you know, as Jack said, there's a lot of question marks such as Didi Gregorius, you know, how well will he play? Um, so that's why I have them at 29 and 31. So I'll agree with you, Jack, on my fourth place spot, um, putting the Phillies there. Uh, Henry, what do you think? I think they're in the same boat. I, I think they are fourth. If the, the Phillies and the Mets, I feel like, are very similar teams. Yeah. I, I feel like they can both okay. be boom or bust at times. Because, like, they both struggle with, like, being consistent. Like, yeah. I, I remember, like, a few years ago when the Braves won the NL East, I think it was 2018, like, the Phillies were projected to win the division with the team they had, and they made a trace to Ar- for Arietta and all those other guys. And, like, they just haven't lived up to the hype the past few years, which and it's obvious like they're starting to down spiral, and I don't know. But, yeah, I, I, I could see them winning. I could see them winning maybe 30 games. They're not They're not going to win the whole thing, but they'll, they'll – I could see them either yeah, being, like, fourth or third. I feel like the Mets and the uh, Phillies are like in the three or four spot in the standings. Yeah. So um, for me, I have the, you guys all have the Phillies in fourth place, right? Yeah. Okay. So I, I have the Phillies in, uh, in third. So, you know, not, not too far off uh, with 34 wins. And for me, I mean, it, it was, you know, choosing between the Phillies and the Mets and, um, I just think the Phillies are too talented to underwhelm again. And I think they're a team that, um, yes, they have to play a lot of tough pitching, with, which are going to be those, uh, the series that they lose. But um, they're also playing teams like the Marlins, the Blue Jays, and the Orioles. Um, and they're going to – those are teams with barely any pitching. And they're going to be able to really capitalize because they have that lineup with a lot of veterans – a lot of guys who have talent, without a doubt. And, I mean, when, when I'm looking at it here, I mean, a lot of guys who are um, either entering or, you know, in the range of their prime. Um, I, I, I don't want to bet against the Phillies. I mean, I don't think they're going to be a playoff team. They're going to have 34 wins, which isn't crazy in a 60-game season. But, uh, you know, I'm, that's just comparing them to the Mets. Like I said, uh, I, lo- I like the Mets rotation, but... Uh, the loss of Syndergaard for the season uh, hurts them a lot, I think. And then their offense is not as good as the Phillies. Um, I, I don't think so. Even with Alonzo um, and some of those other guys. I, and that's why I think the Phillies are just a smidge above uh, the Mets, who will finish in fourth, and the Phillies will finish in uh, third. So w- what do you guys think for uh, third place? Well, I have um, in third place the Mets. So, I mean, I, I agree with you guys. I think the consensus from us, we know we might not have the four and three spot exactly the same, but we both, I mean, I think we all agree that it's the Mets and the Phillies um, and they could flip flop. I think that, you know, they're going to be in a tight race for the four and three spot. Um, and I think that the Mets, they're going to be better than the Phillies, but not by much. Um, I had the Phillies winning 29 games and I have the Mets winning 31. So they're going to go 31 and 29. And I think that, you know, in my opinion, you know, you have the Mets, Phillies kind of in your mid-tier, and then you have the Marlins way below everyone. And then I think the Nats and the Braves, you know, in my opinion, they're not kind of a different group than the Mets, Phillies, and Marlins. I think that they're uh, a good amount uh, better than the rest of the teams in those divisions. I think that they're, you know, the talent on their rosters is substantially better. And I think that in the regular season we're going to see them kind of pull away and those two teams will be the ones fighting for uh uh the top spot in that division so who'd you guys have at uh number three yeah so for me i had the mets at number three i think that they do have guys like like jd davis and pete alonzo and i think that they're starting rotation they have some depth because they picked up Michael Walker and Rick Porcello, both guys who are very inconsistent, but at their best, they're amazing pitchers. Like Rick Porcello, I mean, I'm mainly speaking about Rick Porcello. I mean, yeah, Rick Walker, Porcello, maybe not. yeah, he won the Cy. I mean, yeah, he won the Cy Young in 2017. I mean, it's not that long ago, and I think that or 2016, not 2017. But I'm not expecting him to do that, obviously. But I think he could be a solid number four pitcher for the Mets or a solid number five. I think that 
the Mets bullpen is going to be interesting because they have guys like Familia, uh, Seth Lugo's good, Batances, um, Edwin Diaz, all guys that at their best are top of the um, top of the bullpen guys. They all could be closers. I mean, maybe not Lugo, but I mean, their bullpen is very inconsistent, and we'll see how that goes. But I mean, yeah, you still got you got Degrom, Stroman, and Syndergaard. I don't think Syndergaard being hurt is as big a blow as people think because last season he was not good. Mm-hmm. He had a four point two eight ERA last season, which I mean, it's not awful, but from what not you would expect yeah. out of Syndergaard, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's not it's not that good. I think that they're definitely going to surprise some people though because I think having Degrom is such a big advantage because I mean, whenever Degrom goes out there, you know you're going to have a chance, and you know that you're, I mean, you're really going to, he's, he's going to hold the team to less than three runs most of the time. I mean, he wins the majority of his games. I mean, or he puts the Mets in a position to win. The Mets don't yeah. always follow through, but if <laughs> yeah. the Mets yeah. can replicate, not even like what they did in the second half, like just a little glimpse of what they did in the second half. I mean, I have the Mets winning 34 games. I think that that's very high because they're either going to be a boomer bust team. They're either going to win like 25 games or win 33 games. I don't think there's any in between. I think that they're either going to be a wild card team and have like a, a first or a second wild card team because either the Braves or the Nats, I think, are going to be the first, but or not make the playoffs by a landslide. I don't think there's an in between. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, the Mets. The Mets are in that position where they could make an, a push for the playoffs, but they're just too inconsistent. Pitching-wise, they're, they have lots of depth, like Jack said. Their bullpen can be very shut down with the pitchers they have, which is which is Batanzas, Lugo, and Edwin Diaz, and Familiar when he's on it. I mean, it's just it just comes down to if they're going to play consistently because that's been the problem with the Mets the yeah. past few years. Like they have a team that can go to the playoffs and maybe do well in the playoffs, but they just don't, they don't show up. They just don't show up. Yeah. I mean, for me, when I was making this list, like the Mets were the biggest question mark because like you guys are saying, I mean, they're definitely a team with the potential to, you know, maybe win, you know, 34, 35 games and, you know, make a nice little playoff run. But I, I, just, I, I can't bet on that because, um, Yes, you have DeGrom, who is going to um, keep you in ball games, um, And then you have Stroman, who I like. That's a nice addition. But um, – and a Porcello. But Porcello is a question mark, like we're saying. And the other uh, guys in that rotation, you know, I'm, I'm not going to count on them, you know. Yeah. I, I, I can't count on them to win games, especially with an offense that is going to be slightly above average at best. Um, and you know, the Mets have a lot of upside, but I'm not going to go bet on that. And that's why I only have them, uh, in fourth place and the Phillies up in third, but, uh, so second place, I guess we're going to move into now, right? Yeah. 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 So, uh, who, who wants to go with that first? I'll go. Uh, the Nats I have going in second. I mean, I have to be kind of biased because I'm a Braves fan, but Realistically, yeah. realistically, though, like if I'm not being biased, like I honestly think it could be Nationals or Braves. The Nats probably have maybe the best rotation in baseball right now. You have yep. Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin at as your top three pitchers. And Anibal Sanchez is a great number four. He literally almost no-hit the Cardinals in the NLCS. Yeah. That's how good right. he was. That He's that underrated of a pitcher. They Their lineup is not like – it's power-wise is not that – good looking but like they have very consistent contact hitters they got speed on the base path like trey turner and victor robles great defensive team great defensive team too so with the nationals it really just comes down to how good their pitching is with with all that pitching and bullpen depth that they have they can easily keep teams to at least three runs consistently if they get knocked around there it's just because their lineup's also having a bad day like that's the one problem with the Nationals that I think they'll have is their lineup, which I think could maybe cost them. But at the same time, they, hey, they, they won the World Series with that lineup. With that pitching, I, they, I could see them maybe making another run. 
I think they will go wild card again. I don't see them winning. I could see them winning the division, but it will be very close. It'll be neck and neck between Braves and Nats, just just by how deep both teams are. Yeah. But yeah, I'm excited to see what the Nationals have. Can they yeah. repeat? Definitely, yeah. I mean, the Nationals, I like the rotation is so exciting. Like, oh, it's beautiful. I mean, when they got Strasburg, you know, when they got Strasburg back, uh, you know, to mm-hmm. that huge extension, that was like awesome. You know, like I'm not a Nats fan, you know, but it, it was awesome because it's like okay, you know, like the group, you know, this awesome rotation, they're staying together, and um, that's going to be what's going to carry them to wherever they get. Um, I have them winning uh 34 games, uh, only in second place because. Uh, I, I have them winning more games against the Phillies. But um, what, what's going to hold them back, I think, uh, is their bullpen, which last year was the second worst in baseball uh, next to the Orioles. And for a team to win a division, it's got to be better than that. And I feel like they added some nice pieces offensively, uh, Eric Thames, Starlin Castro. But bullpen-wise, I mean, a few nice guys. Uh, they get Ryan Harper from uh, Minnesota, mm-hmm who I like. He has a ton of upside. But besides, I mean, not really a lot of notable offseason moves uh, bullpen-wise for the Nationals. And when you have the second-worst bullpen in baseball, what, what, what are you doing? I mean, I really like this team, but that bullpen is going to hold them back, um, especially with an offense that is so-so. Um, you know, because we know that the rotation is going to get them – five, six, maybe, you know, seven good innings of work. Then when it, when it gets to those later innings of games, yeah, it, it, it comes down to this. Will the offense be able to uh, keep you in games? Will they be able to produce runs? Losing mm-hmm. Rendon, you know, that's going to be more tricky. He was super productive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then even if they do, you have to trust your bullpen, which was not trusty. They were, like I said, 29th in baseball in ERA. You have to trust that bullpen to keep you in games, and I can't. And not to say that this team's going to be, you know, like they're going to be a second place team, and I think they could uh, make a case for a wild card. But um, it comes down to the bullpen and lack of hitting for the Nationals. Uh, still super talented, and that starting rotation is going to carry them uh, to wherever they're going to be. So, uh, Jack, how about you? Uh, well, I don't. I definitely don't think offense is going to be their problem. I mean, Juan Soto is a beast. You got Trey Turner, uh, Eric Thames and Sterling Cash are both very underrated players. And then I think their lineup, their lineup wasn't the problem last year. I think Anthony Rendon, losing Anthony Rendon is huge. I think Anthony Rendon, I mean, huge. I, I, I'm, I love Anthony Rendon, but I, I think in a 60 game season, the rotation is, is going to be a big deal. Cause if you have, if you have Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin, Corbin yeah. to go on a three-game win streak, oh, yeah. that's like the equivalent of like a nine-game win streak in um in an 162-game yeah. season. Yeah. And, I mean, it's not that unrealistic for the Nats to for those three guys to um to do that. And if they get hot in the playoffs, and I know we're just talking about the regular season here, but I mean, with that rotation, oh my god! But anyway. Back to the regular season. I think that their bullpen is definitely a key weakness. I think that, mm-hmm. I mean, we have to see if their bullpen can hold it together. I think that they're going to have a lot of success. I have them as a first place team. So I'm going to talk about the Braves now. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I just think that the rotation is going to be such a big deal in they the second game season. I have, yeah. yeah, I have the Braves uh, winning 36 games. I think that the Braves are a very good team. I think. With their rotation, you got Mike Soroka, who's a beast. I think other than that, you got some upside. But I, I think that you really got to look at their offense. Ozzy Albies, Acuna, obviously. Acuna is, is one of the best players in baseball. He's an absolute beast. He's he's only, I think he's 23. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. But, I mean. He's like 22 or 23. They're a he's really good team. plenty of time. They're a really yeah. good team. And I just think, I think that in a 60-game season, it might hurt um, – hurt them the only the, it might hurt them that the fact that Acuna has had I mean he's had a lot of little injuries in in his um I mean he's only been in the league for like what two years now yeah, I two think years. Yeah. yeah two years yeah. I mean last season yeah. he had a, cha- a legitimate chance to get uh, have a 40-40 season he got mm-hmm. hurt at the end mm-hmm. 
But he's just he's just one of those guys where he steals a lot of bases, 37 steals last year. Uh, I think he's a guy that he could end up getting a little little injury, be out for a couple of weeks. So I think that could slow down their chances. But I still think that it's going to be neck and neck to the end. So I'm just going to um, go ahead and to my first place pick now just because I have them. I've been talking about the Nats a lot anyway, so I might as well finish it up. I have the Nats winning 38 games. I think that the Nats are going to have a huge year. I think that their starting pitching is going to be huge. Uh, their fourth pitcher, Annabelle Sanchez, uh, Henry um, talked about it a little bit. He had a 3.85 ERA. That's insane for a three or four yeah. four pitcher. I yeah. mean, yeah, he, he he might he he might be in the conversation for the number one four pitcher in the in the MLB. <laughs> yeah. uh, him or maybe um, Tanaka for the Yankees if everyone's healthy. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I think that it's going to be interesting. I think to see if their bullpen is going to hold up, but I think in in the end with their starting rotation, I think that's such a valuable, such a valuable um, rotation to have in a sixty game season. I think that if you have Scherzer lock it down game one, Strasburg game two, uh, Corbin game three, three wins. I think that's huge, and I think they can consistently do that. Yeah, I mean, I see it. I see it with um, you know. The rotation, and that's why I have them winning a good amount of games, but I don't have them beating the Braves because I think, unlike you, I'm a little higher on the Braves. Um, I have the Nats coming in at number two um, with 37 wins. They're going to go 37 and 23. Wow. Uh, So, you know, a high win total, but I still don't think it's going to be as good as the Braves. Um, But, yeah, I mean, as you said, I think the Nats are very, very talented, obviously have a loaded starting pitching rotation. I think that... Uh, you know, their offense is pretty good, but their bullpen is their major weakness. It's going to lose them games, and that's just a fact. Um, so, I mean, unless uh, their starters go nine innings every game, they're going to have to rely on the bullpen to win some games. And I don't think that you can say that you trust the Nationals' bullpen. And, you know, that, that's why I only I give them 37 wins and not higher, because if they had a good bullpen, they could be a 40-plus win team um, easily. Uh, so, Sammy, did you say your uh, number two team? Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I had the Nationals. All right, so um, uh, yeah, I guess we uh, let's move on to first place. So I guess I'll uh, I I have the Braves um as my process of elim- elimination, and uh, I really like this team. I mean, the offense is like one of the best in the game. Freeman, Acuna, and Albies. I mean, that's like a three-headed monster, and. Like, those are guys who are good enough to face the good pitching they're going to face. Because, um, you know, they're going to see uh, the Nationals. They're going to see the Yankees. They're going to see the Rays. Some of the best rotations in baseball. But those are guys, um, you know, those three in particular, that I think can handle it. Um, and then the rotation. I think a lot of people um, a lot of people don't like it. But, you know, Soroka is obviously a monster. Um and I, you know, I, I think uh, Fulty, I think he's still got a... Uh, he's still got it. I think, yeah, I think, I think he's still got it. I mean, I think yeah. he's still got like a year left of good production. I mean, because what he did a few years ago when he had a sub three. Yeah, 2018. Yeah, yeah 2018. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he that did, was but, so cool. Yeah. I think, yeah, if you're, if you're going to hand the keys over to me. I, I, I honestly think Fulty has always had that like ace potential. And like in 18, he sh- in 2018, he showed it. He showed it. He showed he could be the leader of a rotation, maybe March team to the playoffs if he was really like on it with like his pitches. And then like 2019, like what hurt him was, uh, I remember he missed uh, spring training due to an injury. And then he came back like midway through the season, which I think is a lot of pressure because especially when you're injured, you're not, you're not training. You're trying to rehab. You're not, you're not going out there throwing like 97 mile an hour fastballs at a catcher when you're injured. And when he came back, everyone was, he was expected to be the number two guy or maybe the number one because it was Soroka's first full on year. They weren't, they were trying to, they weren't trying to, they, they really did put a lot of pressure on Fulty, which I think did hurt him. And it showed, but then he like, he did, he did like return to form a little bit at the end of the year, but at the same time, like if he's, if he shows that he isn't fully injury prone, he can still put up some good numbers. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I actually, I didn't know about uh, his injuries last year. And, you know, I, yeah. I think at, coming off of like 
a, you know, insane year like he had in 2018, and then mm-hmm. you, you, you have some injuries the next year, I don't think yeah. you can count a guy like that out. And I, people yeah. are really mm-hmm. sleeping on this um, rotation. You know, I think they know that Soroka is going to be good. But, you know, besides that, they're kind of, you know, just writing them off. I mean, I think Colt Hamels, who is uh, an expensive but nice decision, I think, um, he's going to be um, – I think he's still going to be good. I mean, yes, he's like, I don't know, 38 or something. He's super old. But uh, when he was with the Cubs the past few years, I mean – he was really good. Like, and I, I still think he's got some, uh, some mm-hmm. stuff left in him. That's, it's going to be a solid rotation. But um, yeah. as good as it is, that's not going to be what makes that team. Like I said, it's the offense. And they're just too talented to not be uh, in first place. And I'd also like to just mention uh, the bullpen, which last year was already, I think, top yeah. 10 or borderline top 10. But, uh, and then they add Will Smith and Mark Melenson. That bullpen's going to be pretty scary. I mean, maybe even top five, uh, an upside to be top five. I Will think. Smith is a beast. It's deep. It's oh, yeah. Deep. It's, a deep, it's a deep bullpen. We have oh, man. Darren O'Day. Darren O'Day is a very underrated pitcher. That's oh, yeah. true. He, he's, he's, he was injured a few years ago when we picked him up. But, like, when we – just having him, we just have a lot of depth. Luke Jackson, I, I don't like personally. But when really? he's – He's had moments where he uh, struggles on the mound, but when he's on it, he's a good. He's a good. He's a good setup man. Okay. We just have lots of depth in the bullpen. Will Smith. You got Shane Green, very underrated pickup. Yeah. Shane Green's a great pitcher. Yeah, there's lot. There's lots of depth in that bullpen, which makes it. Which also, I think, helps the starting rotation out a bit because we're starting rotation wise. I think we're very underrated. We have we have. Of course, Soroka, Fulte, Max Freed is also like an up and coming. Yeah, I was going to try. They they have lots of it. It also it just takes the pressure off of the younger guys in the rotation, which is basically what our rotation is built off of. So I mean, it's always nice to have that good deep bullpen, which will definitely help us in the long run. Yeah, like I, I think uh, before um, Ori Ori said something like, uh, "You have the Marlins, and then you have the Mets and the Phillies in a tier, and then above them is the Nationals." And uh, the Braves. And for me, I mean, I think it's really those three teams, Nationals, Mm -hmm. uh, Phillies, Mets, are in a tier. And I think the Braves are kind of in that top tier in that division by themselves. I mean, yeah, it's going to be a 60-game season, so it's not really going to be, you know, a landslide. But um, I I just really think they have it put together. Um, Their rotation is underrated. Their bullpen is one of the best in baseball. And their offense speaks for itself. Um, the Braves are going to be really good next year or this year. I don't know. I guess we're calling it this year. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, uh, this year, this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jack, what do you think about uh, the Braves? I know you talked about about them a little bit, but yeah, I think they're a, they're a good team. I mean, just their offense is so they're so young and they're so good, and they also got some uh, pitching depth too in the bullpen. I think that. They're a pretty good team, but um, let's move on to the next subject here, which is college football. And uh, Henry, I know you're an Auburn fan. I'm personally a Florida State fan, and Florida uh, State, it yeah. is not fun. Uh, more <laughs> yeah, we've transitioned right into a basketball school over yeah. the past couple of years, but we yeah. got a new head yep. coach. I think yeah. he's really going to turn things around and hopefully get us back into the college football playoff. But that'll take some time. But what do you think about Auburn this year? I think we have lots of potential. Uh, Bo Nix, I think he could really like show how far he's come since his freshman year. I think I think Bo Nix is a future Heisman candidate. If it's not next year, it's definitely his junior year. Like okay. he, yeah. he has plenty of upside. He's a he's a perfect dual threat. He he literally fits the college game so well. I can maybe see him going to the NFL as like a first round pick if he really if he shows off how good he is. We have lots of good. We have very underrated uh, defense that, uh, that that is actually like it, it shined last year. It kept us in games. Our offense has been a little bit inconsistent. We've had a little bit of line trouble, but that 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 seems to come around every few years when we start recruiting and new freshmen come in. But we have lots of upside. I feel like I don't see us making the playoff next year. We're, we're definitely, I think, taking more steps towards it, but I think I think it'll be around either Bo Nix's junior and possibly senior year when we make that college 
playoff push, but it's it's hard. It's just yeah. hard with the schedule that we have. Yeah, like la- last year, I think we had. I believe we had the toughest schedule in college football. Like, yeah, I'm, I mean, whenever you're in the yeah. SEC, it's like, oh yeah, it's crazy. It's, the SEC, I mean, call, when it comes to college football, I, is SEC the hardest place to play. It's the best conference. Oh, it's by far, by far the best conference. Big Ten, Big Ten people, Big Ten people can come in and say, hey, hey, hold up. I, I don't think so. I really don't. Like, I mean, yeah, absolutely. It's the SEC. It, it's, I feel every year, I feel like it's always, there are at least five to seven ranked teams in the SEC, which is insane. Yeah, so last one year. One conference to have that many ranked teams. Yeah. That are pr- mostly top 15. Yeah. With that too. Well, it's, yeah, uh, I'm looking in uh, the, the SEC right now and yeah, so five ranked teams and they were all top 15, top 14 yeah. to be more specific. I mean, and that's the thing, you know, I, I want to ask, I mean, do you think LSU without Joe Burrow and, you know, Alabama, like how do you think those teams are going to be next year? And how do you think that's going to affect Auburn? LSU will dip without a doubt. They will dip. Yeah. They will. They are not making the playoff next year. I think they'll still be ranked, but they will not be as good. I, I see them with at least three to four losses. Wow. Really? Okay. When, when you lose Joe Burrow, who probably had the best statistical season in college football history, it's a huge you're, you're, hit. It's a huge hit. Huge hit. Yeah. Yes, their defense, they, they still have some of the guys from last year from their national championship uh, team, but I don't know. I, I, I just don't see them but, stacking back up to the playoff. But the thing about college football, and, and Sammy, are you, yeah, a big, are you a big college football fan? I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not as big as us, you know, you guys are, but you know, I, I follow Missouri, so it, it's a little tough. Okay, you're not a college football fan. <laughs> no, you know, I... I Wow, and, and I know Ori's over here. Wow, Ori's a Maryland fan. I'm pretty Maryland's sure. going to be good if you need. No, yeah. they're not. Yeah. I mean, yes, they but, are. but they're not. They, they, you see that we every got, single got, year. Um, you got Tua Tagovailoa's brother, and is he is he a yes. verbal commit? Is he a verbal commit? I feel like everyone just no, 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 no. He, he, Dwayne Haskins no, no, no. said Dwayne Haskins no, no, no. said he two, transferred. Just commit to Maryland. Yeah. No. Oh, no. Transferred. He, yeah. He transferred yeah. from Alabama. Yeah. Um. So he, like, he, like he was he actually was, going. He to was Alabama. at Alabama, or is he? Is yeah, he, he like was. Gonna yeah, be, yeah, yeah. Oh, he, he was at Bama. But I mean, still, he was at I mean, Bama. I mean, you know, last year, uh, Maryland beat like Howard State by like fifty points, and all the all the kids around here posted on their stories, and I'm just yeah. like, laughing. I'm like, it's literally Howard State. But I'm not. I'm not trying to say they're yeah. good right now, but they're. No. I think they have a lot of good. Uh, I don't think so. coming. I don't in think. But the thing year. is, a team like Maryland is never going to be a power. I mean, it's going to take like it's going to take at least 10 years to turn a program like that to become a powerhouse. It doesn't happen. I'm not trying to uh, say they're going to be a powerhouse. I'm I know, but I'm saying be good. maybe one this, this good season different. out of the blue, but like it really doesn't happen. And like you see a team like Florida yeah. state, historically they've been a powerhouse over the past couple of years. They have not. They yeah. Uh, they <laughs> have right sucked. Now, right now. <laughs> but I mean, right since they have the historical background, if they have, I mean, kids still want to go to FSU. They're just not because of uh, th- how Florida State has done in recent years. But if Florida State has one good year or two good years, they're going to get five stars. Maryland has to have at least three to four good years before they start getting good recruiting classes, I feel like. I feel like that's yeah. the big thing about college football. And teams like LSU, Bama, I mean, you might think, oh, they're losing all these players, but I guarantee you they're just getting they're – getting, at five far five five star players to one Joe Burrow and Joe Burrow. I mean, no one is going to come in and be the next Joe Burrow, but I mean, yeah. the, the the recruits that these schools get are insane. And I think mm-hmm. my prediction: I think Clemson's going to win the college football playoff next year. Uh, their recruiting class is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, some of, one some of the recruits Clemson has gotten, they have. The number one recruit in the um, twenty twenty class, Brian Breeze, Damascus High School. Yeah, uh, yeah, he went. He goes to um, high, he went to high school in Maryland. They have the number one recruiting class in the ACC, number three in the um, NCAA. They have uh one, two, three, four. They have like three, four, five stars. They have like three players out in the top ten. Something ridiculous like that. They're, yeah. I mean, they're going to be really good next year. Yeah, and then, you know, you still got you know Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I, I mean, into his final season. Yeah, yeah, I mean, which I think he's going to shine really bright, just be um, you know, because of the experience. You know, when you're playing, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, tough competition like Clemson does, I think experience 
only helps a guy like that. And I you know I, I, don't know I, think about, I don't know about tough in conference competition. The ACC, in yeah, my opinion, I, I would have it's one of the weakest Power Five conferences. Yeah, okay, I would have to as of right that. now. I think that other than as of right now, as of right now, I think that there was a time. Yeah, yeah there's where, a time. Yeah. Clemson, Florida State was such a big game, and I think that now it's just I can't watch it because especially when you think about like the other schools like Miami, Miami when their when their programs on it. Miami is is on the rise again. They are, yeah. And I think that I just remember the good old days where uh, Florida State, twenty thirteen, undefeated, one of the best teams in NCAA history. We played Georgia Tech in the um, ACC championship. That was fantastic. Wait, Jack, I have a question. Yep. Uh, what year is it? It's it's 2020. Wait, and yeah. wait, so you said 2013. Okay, so. but like like FSU, no matter how That's bad they years. are, no matter how bad they are, they still be they would still crush Maryland. So I, I never said they wouldn't. But so I'm like, just saying, and, let's and, stop. And, let's and stop football, looking at the past. Football and basketball now. So oh, okay. I don't want to talk basketball. Talk. Mm, Florida State was number fifth in the country last year. We were good too. We were good. You were not too. okay. No, but you guys choked at the end, and you—they were very overrated. Auburn takes a bump in. Yeah, <laughs> no, but um, but, no, but I, I mean, yeah. the ACC is such a weak. It really is. It's a weak yeah. conference. I think that I mean Clemson just cruises their way every year, and oh, yeah. I think they—they—they they, they don't. No one really in that conference really like goes in and like takes charge like to go up against them in like ACC championship game. Like I remember. I think it was 2017 or 2018, but they played, they faced Pittsburgh in the ACC championship game. And Pittsburgh, oh, yeah, even though they were ranked top 25, they were, like, very lowly ranked. Like, I think they were, like, 23. But Pittsburgh is not, like – I'm not saying Pittsburgh is, like, a bad program, but they're they're not – they're not, like, a program that's going to beat Clemson. It's, like yeah. – it's, like, it's got to be, like, the programs like Miami or Florida State <laughs> or, like, maybe UNC maybe, – uh, maybe NC State. But there, it's just, it's just the ACC right now is very football-wise. Yeah, I think that in college football and in college sports, um, you know, when you're getting recruit recruits as a team, you know, legacy mm-hmm. is extremely important. And yep, you know, Jack, exactly. Jack mentioned it. I think yep. all of us here mentioned it. Um, you know, you go back to FSU, who suck now, but they're still going to get great recruits because of that yeah. legacy. Yeah, they're, they're going to turn it around. I think that this season they're definitely going to end the season in the top twenty-five. You got Mike Norvell. I think that he's going to. I think he's the right guy for the job. Uh, he's done really good in his uh, recruiting class, especially coming in on a short, uh, short schedule. You got Marvin Wilson, uh, one of the best defensive tackles in the in the um, NCAA. You got big question mark at um, quarterback. You got Chuba Purdy who is one of the candidates for the starting job. He's a four-star coming in. And then you got, uh, obviously, James Blackman, who's been the starter the past couple of years. He's had a lot of potential, never been able to put it together. You're losing Cam Akers, who I think um, – Cam Akers is one of the best running backs in college football when he was there, uh, very highly recruited out of high school. And he was, he was running behind one of the worst offensive lines in college football. Don't get me started on Florida State's offensive line. But I think that – He's going to be really good in the NFL, but you're losing him. But you are they, they do have a couple of four stars on um on offense in the wide receiver core. They you got you got Tamori and Terry coming back for another season. He's a beast. You got um uh Tate who is um a five star. He he actually recently got bumped up from a four star to a five star. FSU is only five star. But the thing about FSU, if they have one good season, because players want to play for Mike Norvell and they want to go to FSU. They want the legacy. They want the history. But they say to themselves, "Well, they don't. They don't win. They're not a good team." But if they have one good season, trust me, they're going to be right back in it. And I think that in a couple of years, they're going to be competing with Clemson for the ACC title. Yeah. Now, I mean, I don't want to hear you guys complaining about your college football programs because <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Sammy. I am so sad. I I, I can. I mean, I, I watch the Missouri games <laughs> as long as I can. You can still but, watch 2013 and 2014 back. I can because those teams were soft. That was like when I first started kind of watching college football. Yeah, 2013, Missouri fantastic year for college football. FSU, fantastic <laughs> year. <laughs> Both of you are six, baby. Yeah, but uh, so I think that's that gonna wrap us up 
Henry, I'd you know, like to really, really thank you for coming on. Super fun talking. We'd love to have you on again. And uh, yeah, any last words? Uh, no, thank you for having me, guys. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, definitely having me back on. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was super fun. fun. Yeah. Uh, make sure to, uh, you guys have to go check out uh, his podcast uh, that he does with his friend, H Squared Podcast. Follow him on Instagram, subscribe to him on YouTube, do all that fun stuff. And uh, yeah, so thank you so much, Henry. And uh, yeah, thanks, Henry. Yeah. Oh, thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, so much. Yeah. Uh, thanks for coming on. And you guys can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Shatter underscore Cheap Seeds Pod. You can leave a voicemail at our voicemail number two zero two seven four three one seven six seven. That is two zero two seven four three one seven six seven. And uh, yeah, see you guys next time on Chatter from the Cheap Seats. Thank mm-hmm. you.